Welcome to New Mercies, a podcast by Mercy Ships, where we'll take you behind the scenes and onboard our incredible hospital ships that are transforming lives all over the world. We invite you to join us each week as we sit down with our crew, patients, volunteers, and partners to hear their stories of life-changing hope and healing. Today on New Mercies, plastic surgeon Dr. Tertius Venter is here to share his Mercy Ship's journey. He just finished his 40th visit to one of our vessels to perform life-changing surgeries. And with that many field services under his belt, he has quite a few special things to share with us. Here's my interview with Dr. Tertius. Well, Dr. Tertius, welcome to the podcast. And I know that you are fresh out of the OR having done some surgeries already today. So thank you for taking time to be with us and welcome to New Mercies. Yeah, thanks very much. I'm happy happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> well, good. As I said, you just got out of the OR. You are currently on the Africa Mercy in Dakar, Senegal. So tell us how it's going. I do reconstructive plastic surgery on the ship and I, it's just the end of my six weeks visit. So normally I would do uh, now post-COVID time, four weeks of reconstructive plastic surgery, and then I stay on for another two weeks. Because by the time we finish, there's anything between 30 and 35 patients on the ward that's busy healing. Mm. And I can't just leave the ship and leave them. So I stay on an extra two weeks to make sure that they're healing well and there's no problems. And anybody who needs to go back to the OR, we take them back and sort their problems out. And then usually after two weeks, I'm ready to leave. And most of the patients will then be discharged from the ward. Wow. And so this is your 40th visit on board one of Mercy Ship's vessels in performing surgeries, which is very exciting. And your whole journey began about 22 years ago. You were practicing as a plastic surgeon in South Africa, and you went to volunteer on board the Anastasis for about 10 days. So why don't you tell us about this first experience and what happened in those 10 days? Yeah, it's it's really, you know, God clearly led me in the first instance to the city where the Anastasis visited our port. And actually in 97, 98, Dr. Gary gave a talk in one of the restaurants there. And I heard about it and I went and listened to them. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And then think about it again. And then in 99, the ship came back to our port, the Anastasis. Because before 99, the ship had no air conditioning. Oh. So you can imagine the first 20 years how hot it must have been. People slept more outside on the deck of the ship than inside because it was like an oven inside. <laughs> so the ship was there to have an air conditioning fitted. Mm-hmm. And it's just so strange that when I heard the ship was there, I just knew I had to go down and volunteer. You know, I grew up in a Christian home, just in, in short uh, very blessed in my life. Uh, in the time that I was in East London, that's on the east coast of South Africa, it was going very well. I was in a su- successful practice, had a most amazing wife. My children did well at school and sport. And I was just thinking, why does God bless me so much? What mm. is the reason for that? And I just kept on praying about that. So end of 99, when the ship was there, I volunteered just to see what what is it about these Christians working on a ship in West Africa? So I volunteered, and three months later, I was on the ship for a short 10 days, sort of just putting my feelers out and see what it, what it's all about. 
And a few things happened in that very first visit. The one is I was struck by the poverty I saw. Mm. You know, it, it really grabbed my heart. And I was sitting in front of people um, looking into their eyes and just see the desperate need that these people are in. In South Africa, everybody has got access to medical care. So we don't see the advanced conditions that we see in West Africa. So sitting there and thinking, these people has got the same basic needs in life as what I have. The only difference is where we were born. And neither they or I had any say in that. And I just thought, God is blessing us to, to be a blessing to other people. And just that poverty just changed my life. And then the, the love that I experienced on the ship of the crew caring for these patients. Um, I came as an outside person. Uh, I was a Christian, but how can I put it? I, not very close to God, but my life was committed to God. And then one night I was sitting on the deck alone praying and I was just deep under the impression of the poverty I saw and all the love that I experienced on the ship for these people. And I was praying for a friend of mine about something completely different. Someone who didn't believe in God, but was a very close friend that I've been praying for. And I really asked God with an honest heart, why can't we see you? Why can't I just introduce you to my friend and, and you can take hands and just, he could just meet you and believe in you. Mm -hmm. And at that very moment, God just touched my heart in a way I never thought was ever possible. I was just like flooded with his presence and with peace in my heart that I've really never experienced in my life. And I could just hear God say in my head or in my heart, I'm too holy for you to see me, but my presence will be with you. Which I later realized also what he said to Moses when Moses asked to see him. And that moment really changed my life, like dramatically. I got up there and I was a different person. I just wanted to spend time with God. And it was really like I've heard songs before of people singing that they're in love with God. And I always thought that sounded a little bit strange. But I was really in love with God. I couldn't spend enough time with him. So I went home and it, I was just a completely different person. All my material possessions has just lost their meaning. And I just knew I want to serve God full time. But obviously, my wife wasn't there. She, For her, it was a different person who came home. And God just said to me, wait, I've got to, may, I'll make clear to you what I want, and I will change your family's hearts to, to get behind you. Mm. And that took, took six years wow. until God released me and said, now it's time to go. You can close your practice, get rid of, of everything, and just come and serve me full time. That, in short, is the story. <laughs> wow. What a beautiful, profound story. So you did. After six years, you did return. And if my math is right, I think it's been about 16 years that you have been yeah. volunteering full time. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So in that, those first six years, I, I came to the ship once a year for then three, four months at a time, but just once a year mm -hmm. until that um, till 2006 when I closed my practice. And then I would come twice a year to the ship, anything between eight and, and 10 months at a time, twice a year. But then also God showed me to start volunteering with other organizations at the same time. And I was just a full-time volunteer. Wow. So in the past 16 years, you have performed many surgeries, I'm sure. And 
Can you tell us a little bit about some of your highlights or some of your standout moments over the past 16 years? I think if if I just think of, again about this visit the last six weeks now, of the 35 patients that I did surgery on, 27 were children. Wow. So we do a lot of children's surgeries and and I just love the kids <laughs> and 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 love to see how often they come frightened onto the ship because they've got old burn injuries and contractures from the burns and they remember the times that they got burned and how long it took to heal and how much pain they had to endure. Mm -hmm. And now they're coming onto the ship and they know we're going to touch those areas again. We're going to work on those painful areas. And they come frightened onto this big white ship, which obviously is also a complete new experience for them. And then all these people who's from overseas and looking different. And you just see how almost scared they are yeah. And how they're just looking around and, and, and just observing what's going on around them. And then to see the transformation. Once the surgery is done and the pain is gone and they just experience the love of, of the nurses on the ship and the attention that they get. And soon they just run up and down in the wards and in the passages and and just laughing and playing. And, and to me, that is just such a pleasure to see that and Absolutely. see what God is doing in their lives. Absolutely. Now, with some of the surgeries that you do as a plastic surgeon, you mentioned that some of the children have burn contractures. What are some of the maybe specific things that you do as a plastic surgeon to restore some of these patients? You know, when we think about burn contractures, it's really a disease of poverty because the first instance is they don't have electricity because of poverty in the areas where they live. So they make fires in their houses. So children or the people themselves get burnt uh, for different reasons. A pot falls over from the fire or the house catches fire or their clothes catches fire. And then they've got nowhere to go where they burn. Mm -hmm. So they've just got to nurse it themselves, which can take weeks and sometimes months, if not years, to heal. And the only way the body can heal it is by pulling the edges of the skin together. And that causes the contractures. Mm -hmm. So they end up with shoulders or elbows or hands or, or legs that is just um, pulled up into an abnormal position and become functionless. So we can then release that for them. We often get little children who's a a couple of, you know, sustain the injuries when they're a couple of months old. And it's often crawling and then putting the hands into into the fire, onto the hot coals, pull it away, close the hands because it's painful. And then there's sometimes still coals within their hands. So they get really deep burns and then by the time it's healed the hands are like a boxing glove you know completely full, pulled in into a little ball mm-hmm. and then we release those contractures get it straightened out and the one good thing about burn contractures is that the muscles underneath is, is, is normally not ever burned it is just the skin so it's skin and scar mm-hmm. so if we release that and we can replace skin on there they get very good function back. So we can restore function in the hands, in the upper limbs, in their feet. Yeah, they often can't walk. They come being carried onto the ship and then they can, they walk off the ship. So we can really restore function for them uh, if we think about the burn contractures. Absolutely. Some of the wounds are not 
all that complicated, you can release it and just take what we call a split skin graft. It's a partial thickness skin that you take from the thigh and put on and, and, and uh, allow that to heal. And then with the rehabilitation for two or three months afterwards, some of them are really, really severe. Two, three weeks ago, I had a, a lady that was burned uh, when she was four years old and she's now 31. So 27 years ago, so our whole uh, shoulder joint, the elbow and the hand were all pulled into abnormal positions and just all covered with scar, totally functionless hand. So those are really complex surgeries. We, I took a muscle out of her abdominal wall and, and put it onto a forearm under, under the microscope to connect the blood vessels together. And then we can get shoulder function back. We can get um, the arm function back. We get a hand in a really good position. And with her rehabilitation, she will have a upper limb with fairly good function, not the same as the other side, but from a useless, really useless limb, she will have a limb that she can actually use. But that surgery took 12 hours to do. So it, it's long surgeries. Mm. It is just amazing that the ship has got the equipment, the, the nursing staff skills, whatever we need to do these complex surgeries, we can do it. I cannot go into Africa, into an African hospital, the average African hospital, and do these surgeries. We need the whole backup of a sophisticated hospital like, like we have on the ship. Wow. It is really miraculous the the things that you are able to do with the human body to take a muscle from the abdominal wall and put it in someone's forearm it it really is absolutely miraculous has there ever been a moment where you felt maybe ill-equipped or unable to do some of these surgeries that it felt like this is this is impossible i i don't know how to make this work very often yes for sure you know i sometimes confronted with a with a with a problem and then sort of make a plan the previous night how we're going to do this and then almost think I wish this was the end of surgery to know what exactly I'm going to do <laughs> but I mean it goes with a lot of prayer it goes with a lot of of planning and very often the conditions are so advanced that we see here in West Africa that we cannot read it up in a textbook it's just not there in Western hospitals in the developed world, they don't see these really advanced, severe conditions that we see here. And we've got to work through through it and, and work out plans exactly how we're going to do that, how we're going to deal with the specific problems. Mm. Well, I know you are a man of great faith. And I actually heard some nurses speaking about you when we were on board several years ago, saying how one day in screening, a patient came up and you were looking at them intently, but not saying anything. And the nurses said, and then Dr. Tertius would go away to pray because he didn't know what he could do. And then he came back and said, okay, now I know. I know you are a man of great faith. How do you integrate your faith with your medical practice? You know, we often get confronted with big problems and we often get confronted with complications. Limbs are sometimes being threatened of, of uh, possibly lose a limb or, or uh, surgery that goes really wrong. I do believe that we are in a 100%, 100% relationship with God. And I always say it is, it's like a marriage. Mm. Both partners have got to be 100% involved. It can't be 100% and the other one 
50%, then that marriage is not going to work or even 80% and 100%. It's got to be 100%, 100%. And that's our, our relationship with God. It's 100% God, but it's also 100% us. We've got to use our minds and our skills and our knowledge 100%, but God will do his part 100%. So it is a 100-100 relationship with God to, mm-hmm. to get things to really work well. That is also with us coming to salvation. It's 100% our decision, but it's 100% what God is doing in that. It's not only God or only me. It's it's both of us. And it works for me the same in, in medicine, is that I've got to do 100% from my side and God will do 100% from his side. Well, can you tell us about a patient that has impacted you? I know there's probably been many over the several years that you've volunteered, but is there one patient in particular that has impacted you? It's always a difficult question for me because all my patients really, to me, feels really important. And I try to to look at every patient as if it's the only patient I'm going to treat while I'm on the ship so that I can give my 100% for that patient. But, you know, with a question like this, one particular patient uh, on the anastasis many years ago that I did a big surgery on his face and I was so worried about him, but he was such an encouragement to me. He would quote verses from the Bible and gave, gave me a psalm to encourage me in his illness. And I will never forget that in my life. At the end, he did very well. But he was the one encouraging me and not the other way around. Oh, gosh. Isn't that incredible? We've had several people on the podcast who have testified that you think you're you're going to give, but what you receive is so much more. And here you are, the doctor, to repair and restore and, and heal some of these patients, but actually they touch you, they encourage you, they empower you and impact you in a speci- such a special way. I love that yeah. reciprocal yeah. relationship. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as I say always for me, the biggest reward for me on the ship always is to see the patient's faces turning into smiles mm-hmm. and really see the smiles on their hearts and faces by the time they leave. That to me is the biggest reward that I get from the ship. Apart from knowing that these people has experienced the love of God while on the ship and it is something that will stay with them, it's also to see how their hearts and faces change while they are here. Mm, absolutely. Well, I know that you don't only volunteer with Mercy Ships, but you volunteer with a couple other organizations as well. And just last week, we had Dr. Rick from Cure on the podcast talking about the beautiful partnership between Cure and Mercy Ships. And I know that you as well work with Cure. So can you tell us a little bit about your work with them? I think Cure is one of the most wonderful organizations also that I've worked with And I only started with them now in COVID time because what has happened is because the ship wasn't sailing uh, and wasn't in in active service, obviously some of us that works quite a few months a year with the ship had suddenly had these gaps in in our time available. Yeah. And then it just happened that the, C, the chief medical officer of Cure and of, of Mercy Ships were sitting together. I think it was at a dinner, um, some meeting that they've had, and then started exchanging ideas and then was asked, well, can't you use some of our doctors? That's not fully occupied at the moment. And obviously, 
they said yes they could do that and then they contacted me and said would I be interested to work with Cure and I was obviously very keen because they are children's hospitals that were that does mainly reconstructive plastic surgery and orthopedics I was totally keen to do that and then a few months later I served in Niger with them and then later in Malawi and, and, and again in Ethiopia and, and now that the ship is working again. I'm carrying on with my service with them because I just think it's it's a wonderful organization to really doing wonderful work to kids in, in Africa. It's so special. I so enjoyed speaking with Dr. Rick and just hearing them having a similar mission and vision as Mercy Ships. And it's such a beautiful partnership. So I love that some of our doctors go back and forth. It's just, it's yeah. a beautiful relationship. Yeah, no, it's a total privilege to work with them. Your life has totally changed, had a practice in South Africa, and now you travel really all over the continent throughout many years now being a plastic surgeon. What is it that compels you to continue volunteer work? Is there ever a moment where you feel like, man, I just want to settle down and stop moving around so much? Or what is it that, that keeps you going? It's interesting that you use the word compel, because that is exactly what it is. I'm compelled by the love of Christ, as it says in, in Corinthians, Paul said that. And, you know, for me, that first experience that I had on the Anastasis in 2000 was that the total presence of God and his love that I experienced, that is what does keep me going every day. That is, that is what compels me to keep on doing, because I know I'm in the center of God's will, and that is where I experience his love, his peace, his presence all the time. Mm -hmm. And I will give that up for nothing. So that is really the fuel every day to do this, and I enjoy it. And I just love knowing that I'm in the will of God and I can experience his love and his presence every day. We talk a lot about the beautiful transformation that we see our patients go through from the time they get on board to the time they walk down the gangway. But I know, as you do as well, that really everyone who comes on board one of our vessels is transformed in one way or another. You're not the same after you've been how has your life been transformed because of volunteering with Mercy Ships? I mean, apart from that first visit, that really was a radical transformation in my life, you know, that nothing was ever the same again. I think every visit that I come back to the ship is a unique experience. It's just like it's my 40th time, but not a single one has been the same. For one reason, it's often a different country. The people on the ship is often change. You work with new people, with, with new ideas, new attitudes, just new personalities, new relationships with God. Everything is, is just different every time you come back. And your patients are obviously also different. Mm -hmm. So every time you come back, it's a completely new experience. And that to me is just wonderful. And I, I can really look over the 22 years and there's not been a single visit in this time that I thought this wasn't nice. This was not good. Mm. You know, sometimes you, you have more problems than other times, but it's always a good experience. I always love to come back and looking forward. And sometimes, you know, you, you start out with, with a new field service. You just know there's going to be hard times because some people, some patients are going to have problems and we need to sort it out. Um, there's going to be complications and we need to sort that out. And you stress because of that. But at the end, when you look back at, at the end of the field service, then you really have a feel 
feeling of, of deep satisfaction that you know you've helped these people, you've done what God wanted you to do. And I always say you're serving the poor, and through that you're serving the heart of God. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned that your six weeks on the Africa Mercy in Dakar is coming to a close. What is next for you? I was planning to go to Amsterdam, where I have also an apartment, but my mom is not well, so I might go to South Africa. But mm-hmm. after the two weeks, I'm I'm going to work with Cure in Ethiopia. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then just after Christmas, I'm going to Niger also to work with Cure for another six weeks, and then I come back to the ship, although it will be then on the Global Mercy. Yes. Now, have you been on the Global Mercy yet? I saw it in when it was in Antwerp in Belgium. Okay. I visited there because I had to go to, and, and we need to organize the new instruments for the ship and get them ordered. So I, I spent a day on the ship when it was in Antwerp. So that's going to be a whole new experience for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it must be real exciting. I've heard that everything in the hospital is state of the art and it's going to be just a beautiful, beautiful hospital. Yeah. And I was here when the ship came to Senegal. Okay. And I saw it coming into the port here, sailing into the port and then lying next to the Africa Mercy for that month, although I left before the ship left. The need in West Africa for surgery is so big, and as well as in Madagascar, where the ship has been that we have never run out of patients for reconstructive plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. There's always more patients that we can treat. So it is really important for people to get involved, for volunteers to get involved, for people who's donating towards the ship to know that there are just so many more people that we can treat if mm-hmm. we have the resources. There is just unending number of patients who's in desperate need of treatment. Wow. And for all of our listeners, if you want to get involved, whether you want to pray, whether you want to go and serve, or you want to give to the work of Mercy Ships, you can go to mercyships.org and all of the information is there. But you are right, Dr. Tertius. The need is great. The need is great. And we have great need for volunteers and for donors that make all this possible. Well, a lot of exciting things are ahead of you. And I know that God is going to continue to equip you to do all the things that he has called you to do. And Dr. Tertius, we are so grateful for the many lives that you have transformed on board one of our vessels. And we just really appreciate you taking the time today, especially fresh out of surgery, to share with us a little bit about your Mercy Ships journey. So thank you. Yeah, it's for me, it's really a privilege and a blessing to be involved in, in the work. Thank you. If you want to see photos of our guests as they volunteer with Mercy Ships, then follow us on Instagram at New Mercies Podcast. Next week, Nurse Sarah Leving will be here to share the moments that impacted her while volunteering on board. Come back to hear from this incredible woman. Mm-hmm.